and we have needs, we have issues in our lives. And so I'm wondering if, 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 if you have a need today and you just feel like you need God to do something impossible in your life, that you just say, God, I, I, just, I just need that. I'm looking for that. And just raise your hand. Would you do that? We just want to pray for you. We just want to believe. Say, God, I'm believing for some, something in the impossible. Folks, look around. You see people with their hands raised. Maybe you could just say a prayer for them, or if you feel strong enough, just even to lay your hands on them and just begin to pray and agree with them. Would you look around, church, and just begin, just look around and see those people who are praying and just, say, just believe together with them? We're going to believe that God is going to do extraordinary things this morning, not because of what I'm praying, but because it's our job to have faith and to ask. It's our job just to say, God, these are our needs. The Bible says that because he died on the cross for our sins, that we can boldly approach the throne of God and make our requests known to him. And that's all we're doing this morning, is that we're making our requests known to him today. So would you just believe together? Maybe your hand's not raised, but you see somebody whose hand is raised. Would you just begin to pray that God would move in their life in a powerful way? Would you just begin to do that? Just take a minute, just close our eyes, just begin to pray for one another. Begin to pray for the people around you. Just do it, just go. Your prayers are powerful, the Bible says. Your prayers are powerful. Come on, just begin to pray. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's break through. Come on, let's just continue to pray. Come on, continue to pray. This is us depending on God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, what's one, one or two more minutes? Just continue to pray. Come on, just continue to believe on those other pe people's behalf. If that's you, just pray out to God. Call out to God. There's no greater thing than you voicing your needs to God in truth. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, this is us being a family, church. This is us holding other, each other up in prayer. This is the basic thing that we need to do as Christians. Father, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, Jesus. Yes, Lord, God. Yes, Lord, Jesus. Yes, Lord. God, we just believe this morning. I know that there are 15, 20, 25 people who put their hands up today, but Lord, we believe and know that these things are not too hard for you. God, that you are strong enough, you are powerful enough to meet each and every need as we pray for them this morning. God, for those who absolutely need healing in their bodies, God, we pray for a supernatural force, Lord God, to enter their body and bring healing. Lord, for those who need financial provision, Lord God, you know their circumstances, you know their situations. God, however they got here, whatever's happened, Lord God, we pray for a powerful invasion of your provision into their life. That they would know, that they would know, Lord God, that you are on their side, walking them through each and every step. God, for the relationships, Lord, that people have in their lives this morning. God, for those who desperately need to be reconnected to brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, oh God. They need to be reconnected, Lord God. There's been hurt and pain and strife and offense, Lord God, and I just pray that those things, those walls would begin to come crashing down in Jesus' name.
that they would, there would be a, a new connection being made even today. God, I'm believing for new connections to be made even today in those relationships, oh God. And God, I just pray for those who just feel weak this morning. God, they just need your strength. God, they just need your help, Lord God. God, for those who are battling depression today, God, I just pray against the, the enemies of our souls. God, I just pray against the, 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 the devil and what he's trying to convince us of. Lord God, I pray that we would be able to distinguish what is a lie and what is truth. And the truth is, is that you died on the cross for our sins, and you bought what you bought our lives with a price, and that you believe that we are worth so much. God, that we are worth so much and that you, that we are a treasure to you. So God, I speak against the voices in our heads that would try and convince us that we're worthless. God, that would try and convince us that we're, that we're, that we're broken, Lord God. You have made us whole. Behold, we are, we are a new creation in Jesus' name. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to you. That is who we are. That is what the Bible says. And we stand on your word. We stand on your truth. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you you hold my world sing it one more time nothing is impossible nothing is impossible for you nothing is impossible nothing is impossible for you my world in your hands. So God, we just lift up our lives to you. We cast all our cares upon you for you care for us. We cast all our cares upon you for you care for us, Lord. And Lord God, I do not, I do not assume to believe that we should get, that we're going to get everything that we exactly request, Lord God, but we, you've called us to ask, Lord God, and so we lay it at your feet. We trust you with our lives. We pray that you would lift the burden off of our hearts, that you would lift the burden off of our souls. It's where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom from burden. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. God, I speak confusion into the camp of those trying to hurt Christians in this moment in Jesus' name. I speak confusion into the camp of those who are trying to destroy the lives of Christians across the world. I speak confusion. I speak distortion in Jesus' name into those camps, Lord God. May they turn against one another as they did in the Old Testament, Lord God. And that there would be victory in Jesus' name. That you would protect the Christians in Iraq, Lord God. Those who have been a beacon of light, a beacon of hope in a dark and awful place. And I pray that your hand of protection would be upon those families, would be upon those children, those men and women of God. Stand firm in the face of a persecuting world that I cannot even imagine. I speak confusion into the camp of the enemy in Jesus' name. And I pray that the praises of God would break forth in those Christians in Jesus' name. Father, we just, we love you. We trust you. We give you all of our cares. We give you all of our worries and our concerns because you're a big God and you can handle it. Because you're a big God and you can handle it. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with me, just say amen. 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 amen.
God bless you, church. Have a seat. Ah, it's good to be together here. Man, it's good to be in the presence of God, isn't it? We're not trying to manufacture anything here, church. We just believe in God. We just believe in his son, Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit working through our lives. So we're not trying to work up some sort of an emotional response. We just, we just love to be with him. We just love to be in the presence of God with other people. That's all we're doing. And so I'm, I'm just so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we're, uh, we're together and, and worshiping and, and uh, praise the Lord. Looking forward to next week for Family Fun Fest um, because uh, the effectiveness of that, that we believe comes from something like Family Fun Fest is that, is that there, we would have a chance to interact. First, we want to dismiss the children because my wife is waving frantically and saying, you need to dismiss the children. So if you're, from, uh, if you're up to seven years old, seven and under, you're dismissed to go, and uh, now's your, your time to, uh, you know, stop from driving your parents crazy at this moment. So um, the reason that Family Fun Fest is so significant is that because there are times that as individuals, listen, as individuals, we have a chance to impact other people's lives. We have a chance to express the love of Jesus in a certain way that's very practical for families. We have a chance to answer people's questions when they ask, why are you doing this? We're doing this because we believe that Jesus loves you and we love you. And we want to serve our community. We believe that the church of God should be salt and light in the midst of a dark world. So that means that we believe that the church of God should make their communities better. That's what we're here. I believe the church is here to make our communities better. However, we can do that through the power of Jesus' name. So that's our opportunity. There's, listen, I'm believing for divine moments next Sunday that as we interact with individuals from our community that we'll be able to share one-to-one who Jesus is or, or just that Jesus loves them or just that there's, there's, there's people who represent God who love them. I'm believing for that, church, and we need to believe for that. That's why we're doing it. We're not just doing it because it's fun. We're doing it because we believe that our church needs to be a beacon of light in our community. A beacon of light in our community, of truth and an unselfish gospel. There are plenty of other gospels around. This is the only one that's unselfish. This is the only one that actually helps the people whose message it's towards. And so I just, I just, if you're not involved for next week, I know that's, we've already pitched it hard, but there you go. This is, this is a significant moment for you to be involved. And if you're able to run one of the games and get involved, I mean, that is, that is firsthand opportunity to make those connections, to make those connections. Because I believe that there are moments, there are moments that are going to be had that are going to be life-changing moments. Just as I believe that there are moments this morning that we had that'll be life-changing moments that you'll be able to walk away from today and just remember how God spoke to you today and how God, when we prayed today, that God did something extraordinary. I honestly believe it. I really do. Because there are moments in our life, some good moments, I want to talk about a little bit of those moments and, and that, that have changed our lives. They've, they've changed our lives. And I, I like to think of the good moments. I, there are times that I'm kind of haunted by the bad moments, but let's not talk about those things today. There are some good moments that we've had in our lives that we can look back on and say, man, that was awesome. That was like amazing, that moment. And uh, even now that you're thinking of those moments, what's, what's, a, what's a, a, a moment in your life where you just think to yourself, ah, oh, man, this was amazing. Now, I'm not looking for a sermon, just like just a little story, just, just a little bit of a moment, just said, you know what, this was amazing in my life. Gina. You got baptized in your pastor's pool. You remember it, don't you? You remember, what, you remember the visual, right? Remember what it was, look, looks like? Yeah. Anybody else? 
Kelsey, speaking in tongues for the first time, being filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. You remember what it was like, eh? Do you remember the moment? Yeah, you remember where you were? Yeah, you do. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Powerful moments. Powerful moments. Things that things that we remember. Things that Heather, what you got a, you got a story? What do you remember? Okay, it can't be a long story. I'm the one who speaks long, not you. You remember your anniversary? July 23rd. It was a good moment, right? Those are good moments. Becky and I just celebrated our uh, 15th anniversary this past week, and uh, we, we just remembered those moments that we had together. We talked about, do you remember, you remember this? Do you remember that? Anybody else? Happy memory, happy moment, good moments. Your prescription's better. Your eyes are actually better than they were before. Praise the Lord. Amazing. Anybody else? Mary. Awesome. Praise the Lord. So you remember those moments, right? You remember? I, I don't know about you, but I, I remember those moments. Those vivid. I remember where I was. I remember the surroundings. I remember feeling a certain way. And you remember the people around you. There are these moments that our lives are filled up with. Moments that we can remember. Listen, the, the Holy Spirit is all about being a part of these moments in your life. He is all about being a part of these moments in your life, that life-altering, life-changing, faith, God moments. And in those moments, I believe that God empowers his spirit, the spirit of God, to come in and do extraordinary things on our behalf. And the way that he does that is through people. That he speaks through people. He uses people. And this is where the gifts come in. We've been talking about spiritual gifts and how God wants to use spiritual gifts to, to, to build up the body. And so we've been talking, we're talking about gifts, and you guys are probably like, when is he going to get done with the gifts? Well, there's so many to talk about. And so we're talking about a couple more today. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're in a, whole, we're in a different book talking about Gifts, we've been in Ephesians, we've been in Romans talking about gifts, and now we're in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12. The book of Corinthians is an interesting book. This is a, this is a letter that, that Paul wrote to the church in, in Corinth. Corinth was a pretty, uh, was a large place. Corinth was actually the capital of one of the provinces of Greece. So Greece was separated into two provinces, and Corinth was actually one of the, the capitals of, of one of the provinces. And, and uh, so it was a huge capital. It wasn't like a hole-in-the-ground type of a place. Huge capital, lots of academics around, lots of trade around. Uh, it, it was a city center. It was a governmental center. But it was a, quite an awful place. It was quite an awful place. Corinth was known as a, as a place that was wrought with prostitution. The, the gods that they served there, was, uh, their, their part of their worship was part of prostitution, <laughs> And so actually, if you were known as a, that Corinthian women were known as just being prostitutes. So if, if you were known as a Corinthian woman, you're basically a prostitute. So that's, that's, the, that's the kind of word. So if they wanted to call somebody a prostitute, they'd be like, you Corinthian woman. That's how Corinth and prostitution were connected. That's how bad it was there. So Paul's in Ephesus, and he's writing a letter to solve some problems in the Corinthian church because actually Corinthians, 1 Corinthians is a response to a letter that was written to Paul. So Paul's in Ephesus. He had established the church in Corinth. And so Paul's responding to some of the problems in the church. And so what happens is, is, that, is that the church in Corinth had access to, like, were very gifted in, in the spiritual realm. They had lots of spiritual gifts. And, and so they, they, they were very, very gifted. And so what happened was is that they, 
whenever you have lots and lots of gifts and people who are very strongly gifted, you usually get a lot of, you can get a lot of pride and a lot of arrogance involved with that. Like basically saying, you know, people were kind of competing with the spiritual gifts that they had. They were kind of like, well, I'm uh, pretty much amazing at this. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, people would use like even speaking in tongues and, and speaking prophetically and just more as a show than it would have been to serve anybody. So Paul needed to set them straight. So he gives two lists in this chapter. We're going to work through the first verse, the first list. And so it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 1 to, to kind of get you to that spot. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. Verse 1. I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that you are pagans and somehow or other you are influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them, and in everyone, it is same, the same God at work. So Paul's saying all this stuff. He's just like, okay, you're saying like three, three or four things all at the same time. Like Paul's being rather redundant here. But you got to understand the pagan context, okay? The people in Corinth, uh, the, the Roman and Greek gods, they, they didn't have one God they prayed to. They prayed to multiple gods. That if you, needed, if you needed prosperity in your crops, you prayed to the God of rain. That if you needed help in war, you prayed to the God of war. If you're trying to reproduce children, you would pray to the God of sexuality and fertility. Okay, so if you needed something, you didn't pray to one God, you prayed it to the God of whatever that was. And so the people, in, the people in Corinth weren't used to praying for one God and one thing. They were used to praying to multiple gods. And so Paul's trying to make them sure that they, they understand this isn't about you praying to multiple gods. Just because there are different things happening, just because God uses different gifts doesn't mean you have different gods. It's one God, one Lord, the same Lord, moving in different ways. That's why Paul's saying this. Because they're not used to this. They're not used to God displaying you know, different gifts to everybody. They're used to different gods doing different things. Paul's bringing them back to reality. Now, verse 7 says this. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And, to, and still in another, the interpretation of those tongues. Verse 11, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as he determines. There is something about these gifts that are about the moments of our life. He empowers people of God to function in the power of the spirit in the way that God has gifted them in these moments. In these moments. So the first one we want to talk about is the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. The gift of the spirit of wisdom. How does, how does Corinthians put it? It says, the, given through the spirit a message of wisdom. The spirit of the message of wisdom. So this message of wisdom is, is the word logos. So the word of wisdom or the message, that word message right there is translated, the Greek translation is actually logos. And if you know something about the Bible, that word logos isn't just something that means message or word. We are talking about a, divine in, a divinely inspired thing that is going on here. First John, sorry, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. That word that is translated into word is actually the word logos. So this word right here, when it says the message of wisdom, it's actually the logos of wisdom. The spirit of God, the transforming power of Jesus Christ of wisdom. 
That's how powerful we're talking about here. We're not just talking about a word. Not just words. So when we talk about the message of wisdom, we talk about the words of wisdom, the, the divinely inspired power of God working through wisdom, we're not just talking about smart people. We're not just talking about people who know things. It's not just a good idea. Wisdom is timely in regards to faith and knowledge of how to understand who God is. It's not about creative ideas. Listen, we've all had problems in our life and we ask people, what do you think we should do? And often we'll get good ideas, suggestions, but it doesn't mean we're getting wisdom. Well, maybe you should do this and maybe you should do that and Maybe, well, you could try this or you could try that. Well, maybe you should try going here or maybe you should try going there. I don't know. Those are suggestions. Those are good ideas. Those are not words of wisdom. Those are not divinely inspired moments of wisdom in your life. That is not the spirit of God working necessarily in those situations. Now, maybe he is, but we have to realize what is wisdom and what is just kind of good ideas. And these ideas that God, these answers that we have, these wise answers that we get from God are actually to enhance our relationship with God. Okay? So when we're asking for the spirit of wisdom, it's not because we're trying to figure out where we're going to eat at a restaurant today. Those aren't, we're not looking for godly answers there. We're looking for, you know, whatever's rumbling in our stomach at the time. Okay, so often we'll ask God questions that don't, aren't really going to bring us closer to God. But the word of wisdom, the spirit-empowered word of wisdom always brings us closer to God, always brings us closer to his will, always brings us into a greater relationship with him. That's the whole point. And so this, this is a gift that we absolutely need to have. So here's an example. Here's an example of a question that, that many of us have had before. Should I, you know, sometimes we get into a certain place and we, we need to, we, we have opportunities for jobs and we ask ourselves, should I take this job? And we begin to ask the questions, what should we do? Should we take this job? And honestly, usually the first thing that comes up is how much money does it pay? Right? Isn't that the first thing? We, well, how much, well, how much is it? Well, how much money is it? Like, I'm, this is what I'm making now. Do I really, you know, like, why would I do, leave this and go do this? I mean, this is how much money, I mean, like, uh, and uh, am I going to have more responsibility? Is this something that I, uh, is this something that is going to be better for me? Is this going to forward me in my, in my expertise as far as a professional is concerned? Because I don't want to go down. I'm not going down the ladder. I have to go up. I have to always go up. Is this just me? Am I the only one to ask these questions? Is it just me? I mean, like, but this is what we come to. We ask, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Should I take this job or not? But in reality, God is asking you different questions. Is this job going to bring you closer to me? Do you have an opportunity to influence people's lives for the sake of the gospel? Is this going to be better for your family? Church, we're, we need, if we're asking for wisdom, that we have to be willing to hear God's answers. And sometimes the spirit of wisdom is coming into your life, and you think, well, that doesn't make sense. But are you talking about earthly sense or godly sense? earthly sense or godly sense because God is absolutely preoccupied with your relationship with him and what he wants to do in you and through you. He is not nearly as concerned about your wages and your prestige and your path to success. I know that seems to hurt a bit. I know you're just like, really? Oh, Pastor Shane, how could you say that? Because when God thinks about success, he thinks about heaven and hell. 
Do you know what I mean? When he thinks about success, he thinks about heaven and hell. He doesn't think about uh, houses and cars and, and, and jobs. He thinks about heaven and hell. Success is more people in relationship with him. That's his success. That's what he's going for. The Bible says, one commentator puts it this way, that, that the word of wisdom, the, the, the power, the gift of the, of the word of wisdom is the ability to understand God's word and his will and to skillfully apply that understanding to life. There's something about the word of wisdom that brings application. This is not just about, this is not about knowledge. This is not about truth. This is about taking truth and knowledge and making application to it and saying this is what you should do. Again, we have to take it out of the realm of jobs and money because oftentimes we only ask God for those things. We need to ask God for wisdom about the things of, of life that are truly significant. How can I reach this person for Jesus? How can I share the gospel with them? How can I reconcile with my family? How can I do the right thing in this situation? These are the questions we need to ask. And where I believe the spirit of wisdom can come in and be used in the church. Listen, that's the great thing about being a part of a church, about a part of a family of believers, that there are going to be those who are gifted with wisdom more than we are. There are those in our midst that are here today that are able to, to actually have the, spirit, the power, the gift of the spirit, a message of wisdom that can be shared. James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, that you should just ask God. And he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Church, you've got to understand that often the words of wisdom, that wisdom often comes from people. Right? The people in your life that you love and that you respect and you know are gifted in a certain way to make, to bring understanding into your life. Those are the people that you need to ask. Now, maybe you stop asking those people because you don't like the answers you're getting back. I don't know. But that's how God uses the gift of the word of wisdom. Jesus said to his disciples, he's describing them a context that in the very near future when Jerusalem is destroyed, that they're going to be brought before the authorities, before people of God. And, he, and Jesus tries to reassure them and says, listen, you don't have to worry about those moments. I'm going to fill you with wisdom and with the words to say. Stephen, one of the deacons of the Bible, was known as a person who was full of wisdom. They tried to trip up Stephen. They tried, to, they tried to, to, to trick him into getting into trouble. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verses 10, that they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Church, we talk about these individuals, but man, I wish I had a Stephen today. Hey? I wish I had a Stephen in, in my life where I could go to them and just say, Stephen, like, buddy, you got it going on. Like, help me figure this out. What do I do? The truth is there is a Stephen in my life. I have a few Stevens in my life who have helped me, who have this, the gift of wisdom in their life, who I go to. Church, we have Stevens in our church who are gifted with wisdom. We need to access those people. We need to access this gift. If we truly want God's best for our life, if we are truly in situations that we don't know what to do, it's time to ask. Because we can help each other. So what does it look like, the gift of wisdom and it's it's someone who has it's the gift some seems to have this ability to take to take natural situations and, and take it out of that context and bring in a supernatural understanding. Because so often we are thinking so much in the natural. Right? We think of it, we, we try, we have problems and our solutions are very, very natural. They're very, very earthly. And yet, those, those who have the gift of this, this spirit of wisdom are able to kind of pull it out of the natural and take it into a supernatural realm. That says, okay, you know what? It's really not about 
it's not really about you getting along or being mad. You know, it's like one of these situations where it's like I was, t- I was talking with someone, and they said they're just having a hard time getting along with their family. And, you know, my sister doesn't like me, and my mom, my mom doesn't really like me, and we kind of really disagree with about that, so I don't really want to go over to their house, and I'm not really sure what to do, Pastor Shane. Like, what, what, what should I do? And, and sometimes we want to come up with conversations, so we're just like, well, you know, maybe you should do this, or maybe you should do that. And really the answer is you should forgive your mom and your sister. Right? Like, you need to forgive your mom and your sister. You need to forgive your brother. You need to stop. Okay, what, what should I do? Forgiveness. But I'm so upset. I'm so offended. Let it go. Well, that's not that simple. I know. I, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is simple. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit needs to understand. Listen, there's something about our situations in life where the spirit and the gift of wisdom is able to take it out of the earthly realm and bring it into a supernatural realm that says, whoa, 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 that, what do I, what, what do you mean? What, what should I do here? I, I, I don't know what to do. Well, listen, maybe you're asking the wrong questions. It's the ability to express and speak the application of God's truth in his word. Listen, so there's something about this gift that has to be spoken. It's not enough that somebody knows what to do and just says, well, I just feel good about knowing. Oh, man, I could really help them if they would just ask. No, like in order for you to actually function in this gift, you've got to like, Ah, speak it out of your mouth. You have to, it has to come out of your mouth. So this isn't just about knowing, okay? Because like we can all sit back and be like the, uh, you know, like the, the, you know, the backseat drivers of other people's lives. You know what I mean? Kind of like the, uh, uh, the general managers uh, in the sports teams that we'd love to run and think to ourselves, well, I know how it should be done. It's not enough. We need to speak the words. So if you're not speaking it, then that's not the gift of wisdom. It's not the gift of the word of wisdom. It takes things that are complicated and makes them sound simple. Not easy, but simple. It also looks like the direction that revealed helps people accomplish kingdom principles. Again, the word of wisdom comes in when people are, like, the goal is to advance the kingdom of God, right? To advance the kingdom of God. It's not just about handling information. It helps us understand what God wants us to do. Wouldn't we all want to know that? Listen, don't you want to know what God wants you to do? Don't you want to know what God wants you to do? I do. <laughs> I want to know what God wants me to do. I may not know in this moment, but I should have access to the spirit of wisdom somewhere in around me because we belong to a church. Why do we need it? Here's why we need the gift of the, the word of the spirit of wisdom. Because we all get focused on the natural too much. Everybody here. All of us. Especially in this context. Oh my goodness. We all get caught into a natural context and we need people to pull us out of that natural worldview and take us into a supernatural realm. We absolutely do. We need life to be simplified. Listen, our lives have never been more complicated than they are right now. Okay? You know why? Because we all know how everything works now. Right? We all know how everything works now. Because we have the internet, and there's so much knowledge, there's so much out there, and so we all know how it works, so life's a little bit more complicated. Life's more complicated when I have to uh, divide my schedule up into minutes rather than hours. Because 50 years ago, it was like, oh, the sun's right there, I need to go have lunch. Oh, the sun's right there. It must be three or four or five o'clock. Not sure which one, but I think we have a couple more hours. Not really sure. Now it's like, listen, I got eight minutes and then I've got to go. That makes life more complicated because now we've taken our schedules and we've chopped them up into little itty bitty moments of life. And so now it's more complicated, isn't it? 
You think to yourself, well, I don't know if it's more complicated. It is more complicated. 50 years ago when you were growing up, you pretty much just did what your parents told you you should do. What should I do? You should do that. Okay. Sounds good. I mean for a job, okay? I'm not talking about being rebellious. I'm just saying, I mean, that's, that's the way that it used to be. It used to be simpler. Now we've got 45 guidance counselors at the school that just says, maybe you should do this, and maybe you should do that, and you should figure that out. Oh, how old you are? Oh, you're 14. Good luck with that. By the time you're 14 years old, you've got to know which track you're going to be on. You've got to know what you want to do with your life and where you're going to go with your career. You better figure that out. Don't freak out. That's not true, okay? If you're 14, please don't freak out. That's not true. I was being facetious, totally facetious. You don't need to figure that out. You don't need to figure that out right now. Life's complicated enough. We need to simplify a little. And the words of wisdom do that. The spirit of the word of wisdom does that. There are moments in our lives when we need to make decisions, quick decisions. There are moments in our life when we can't just take a week and say, look, can I pray about that? We can't do that in every situation. We need the word of wisdom. We need someone to call. We need someone to access. We need the spirit of God to access. Say, God, I desperately need your help to make the right decision right now. And why do we need it? Because we need to realize that we have more access to it than you think. Listen, you have more access to wisdom than you think if we would just depend on one another. I want to try and get one more gift in with me. I know it's a little bit warm this morning, but I've got lots of gifts to talk about. And if I don't talk about another one, then I'm going to be talking about gifts until like 2016. So I'm going to just quickly jump into the gift of the spirit of knowledge. Listen, have you ever tried to read some instructions from Ikea? Anybody? (laughs) Raise your hand if you're sure. Come on, raise your hand. You ever tried to read instructions from Ikea? Listen, I'm telling you right now that just because you have instructions doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Okay? Like just because you have instructions that are in five different languages and you're not sure which, why, why they flip the book upside down when they change the language, why do they do that? Just because you have instructions in front of you doesn't mean you know what you're doing. I can attest to it. There have been many times where the instructions are like reams of instructions and you flip it over and how do I fold it? And I'm on step 42 and I'm like... And then when they try to explain the instructions to you and sometimes you get instructions and you don't even understand the instructions... Because you don't understand the vocabulary. Oh, you need to use a hex bolt that's got a a self-locking washer, and it's got to be 14 inches long, and that's how long it's got to be. And I'm like, what did you just say? I don't know what you just said. I'm not even sure I have those things. How do I put this on? Where does it even go? Well, you have the instructions. What's wrong with you? I don't know what it means. I don't understand the vocabulary. Just because we have the instruction doesn't mean we know what to do. And this is where the gift of the word of knowledge comes in. The gift of the word of knowledge. Listen, there are those people who, again, here's the logos, this word of knowledge, the message of knowledge. It's the logos, the divine inspired, powerful word of God through knowledge. Through knowledge. And so the gift of the word of knowledge helps us to understand what the Bible's trying to tell us. You're just like, well, Pastor Shane, I'm, maybe I could figure that out on your own. Really? You can figure that out on your own? Great, I'm coming to your house because I got lots of questions. I got lots of questions for you about the Bible then because there's stuff that I do not understand. There's stuff that I cannot comprehend with my life, not comprehend with, with, with understanding of the Bible. I can't understand how God always was. You can't draw me a diagram that's going to explain that to me. 
I don't understand that. I can't understand that. But I know that there, you know, there are those who understand it more than me. I know that there are those who comprehend the Bible and have expressed an understanding in the knowledge of who God is that can explain it to me. And that there are those who are gifted to take that knowledge and turn it into a piece of information that I'm going to understand. There are those who are gifted in such a way that are going to be able to take the truths of the Bible and help it dumb it down so that I'll get it. Helps us truly understand who God is and his message is to us. Listen, it's extremely significant. This is not about wisdom now. This is not about what do I do in my life. But not everything is about what we do in our lives. Sometimes life is just about how do I feel. Right? Why do I feel so bad? Why do I feel so useless? Why do I feel so depressed? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And so this is where the word of the spirit of knowledge comes in. Because God has certain opinions about you that are found in his word that is going to bring freedom into your life. It has nothing to do with what you should do. It's just about God's opinion of who you are. And about what your opinion of who you are is. And what your opinion of who God is. Because honestly, church, if I could convince everybody in the town of Bradford that God doesn't hate them and he actually loves them, I'm telling you, this place would explode. There are millions of people, billions of people in the world who are convinced that God hates them. If I could take a word of knowledge and just convince them that God doesn't hate them and that he actually loves them, I'm telling you, the word of God and the power of his kingdom would explode. That has nothing to do with what I should do. This is not about wisdom. This is just about comprehending who God is. And if we absolutely need this truth, this gift to come to the forefront so that people will be convinced of the knowledge and the truth of God's word. If we can convince people that this story of the the gospel of Jesus is true and is real and it makes a difference in their life, that is what is going to transform lives. And we have to understand that this, that the Bible is the authority on this truth. We've got to bring people back to the Bible. Church, you need to realize that this, the Bible truly is the authority on our lives. That when we start adding to that, when we start making addendums, when we start making appendices, we're not talking about adding things to the Bible. Listen, this, this work of the Bible transcends time. And the reason that we don't add to the Bible, the reason we don't add to the message is because we want it to remain true. The books in the Bible were chosen in such a way that it would, it would be a standard, that it would be a constant in people's lives. The way that they chose the books of the Bible is based on who Jesus was. Okay, the Old Testament basically was confirmed when Jesus was alive and, basic, and started quoting from the Old Testament. He said, you know, he would quote from the Old Testament and actually use the Old Testament as authoritative. He would say, God, man does not live by bread alone. Jesus confirmed that the, the books in the Old Testament were actually inspired by the Word of God, by, by the Holy Spirit. And then we have the Gospels. We have the story of Jesus that were written down by firsthand accounts. And then we have the rest of the Bible, the New Testament, and the only reason they accepted those books was because those people had to be eyewitnesses of who Jesus was. So the books in the New Testament were all written by eyewitness accounts of those who knew who Jesus was. They were one of the 12, one of the 12 apostles, and Paul was one of those 12. He had an extraordinary experience on the road to Damascus, and they accepted that that is truth, and he has had an experience with Jesus. So listen, it's all about Jesus. Jesus confirmed the Old Testament. He lived the Gospels. And the effects of his life is shown in the New Testament. This is all about Jesus, church. It's always been all about him. 
from the beginning of the Bible to the end. It's the story of Jesus. We can't add anything to it. We can't start making our own opinions. Listen, we can't start adding books to our faith. I don't care how good of the book it is. When we start quoting other books and other people before we quote the Bible, church, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Because that knowledge doesn't bring power. That truth doesn't bring transformation. They could be extraordinary writers. But they're not life-giving. It's not life-giving truth. The, the Republican candidate in 2012 for the United States of America was a Mormon who actually believed that the Bible and the Book of Mormon were on par as far as authoritative. This is important stuff that we realize that it's the Bible that is the authority. I'm not trying to push you a bunch of answers to try and convince you to give money to my church. I'm telling you that when we follow this pattern of scripture, when we follow this truth, it works, it changes our lives, and people's lives are changed around us. Ever had the verse in the Bible, you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden the verse kind of jumps out at you? Like not, you know, I don't know what the name of the verse is, but like, it just, you just, you read it and you're like, I've never seen it like this before. Anybody? And all of a sudden it jumps out at you and just like, I never, didn't realize that's what it said before. That's the spirit of knowledge. And the word of knowledge working directly through you to understand the scriptures in a way that brings life and brings significance and gives you a glimpse into who God is. That's revelation. There are those who have those moments with scripture like 10 times a day. Why? They've been gifted with the, the word of the, the knowledge of the word of the of Bible, of the truth of God's word. And we need to access those people. We need to access this gift. There's not been, a, look, we are in a day and age where the messages about who we are and what we're, who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do are so mixed. Remember I talk about life being complicated? Like, I, I don't know who, you're supposed, who you think you're supposed to be, but that's a pretty complicated question. Well, maybe I should do this, or maybe I should be this, or maybe I should be a part of this. Maybe this is what I should think about myself. We need people who are going to bring us back to Jesus. We need this message to ring true that this is who Jesus is. That Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That he absolutely thinks that you are important, that you are significant, and that you are extraordinary. And that he died on the cross for your sins so that you might have life. That you might have life and freedom and joy and significance here on earth and then eventually when we spend eternity with him. Listen, church, we need people to remind us of this truth in fresh and significant ways. We need people to remind us that this is how God works. This is why he does what he does. This is what he's trying to do. So that we can answer the tough questions of why does good things, bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow suffering in the world? What about evolution? There are some people who are just gifted to answer those questions in such a way that people will understand and receive it. And we need to access those gifts. We need to access those gifts. I'm gonna move right on to what does it look like? What does it look like? Someone who handles the Bible and is always drawn to truth. Listen, we have those people in our life who are constantly quoting scripture to us, right? 
there are some of those people in the Bible, and they just well, I mean, this is what the Bible says. It's like the first things that come out of their mouth. You could tell them like a, a, a ten, you know, ten minute story about fantasy baseball, and they'd be like, well, this is what the Bible says. Those are people who love the word. Those are people who love the word, and their whole life is about studying the word and understanding God's word. Dave had the spirit. He had that gift. You couldn't talk to Dave without him quoting scripture at you, like three or four of them, because that was his life. That's what turned his crank. That's what got him going. He was just always talking about the Bible. We need that. We need somebody to take up the torch, man. The knowledge of the truth of God's word and understanding the spirit of God, understanding who he was. They just know the Bible. They're often found with the gift of teaching. They they communicate it in such a way that other people can understand. Again, this is about a spoken word. This is not enough that you know. You have to be able to speak it. You have to be able for people to understand it and actually receive it. They have to be able to communicate. And it's not just about them communicating. It's got to be well received. It's got to be someone who can, it's, it's about actually looking at, at your audience and being able to help them understand what's going on. Because the, the things that I would try and communicate with you today, I would not try to communicate those same truths downstairs. Talking to three to seven-year-olds. Right? But there's, listen, church, there are absolutely people who are gifted at speaking to children and helping them understand the truths of God's word. Oh my goodness. Extraordinarily gifted at communicating with children about the truth of who God is. Because I'm telling you, kids, if we can help kids understand who God is at early ages, they will never let it go. They will never let it go. They will never let it go. Sometimes, listen, sometimes people with this gift can kind of come off as super spiritual, okay? Sometimes they can just not talk about anything else and you're just like, whoa, Bible overload. Way too much. (laughs) Freaking me out. That's just someone who's, that's just some, they're just excited. And you got to give those, you got to cut those people some slack. They need to, re, you need to realize that that's, that's what's going on in their heart. That's what's important to them. And that's what's significant to them. And they're trying to use how God has gifted to them. And so for some of them, that's just, that's just what comes out. Now, the people with those gifts also have to realize that that's who they are. That maybe you should, you know, take a break. After 15 minutes of straight talking, you maybe should pause and let other people talk. I have that problem sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm kind of guilty of that. I mean, we haven't paused for a while. But, um, so it can come off that, like that. So why do we need it? We're almost done. The Bible, th- thank you, I appreciate that, amen. The Bible, <laughs> the Bible is an extraordinary book full of truth. And listen, the more we understand who God is and who we are, the greater our relationship with God will be, the greater the understanding of this world we will have. And the word of knowledge helps us understand God because so much of our self-esteem is based on what we think is true. So much of our self-esteem is based on what we think is true. And if God can change what you think is true about him and about you, you're going to start feeling better. You're going to start feeling better. And God cares about your opinion of him. He cares about your opinion of you and your opinion of others. He absolutely sympathizes with you when you're going through those dark moments in your life. He absolutely can sympathize with you and he wants to change the very way that you feel through the power of the spirit of knowledge.
we need to understand the gifts. We need to understand, okay, God has given us in this word all of these gifts. This is why we're talking about the gifts, so that you can understand who you are, so I can understand who I am, so we can understand how it all fits together. Because in those moments of truth and knowledge, listen, when he reveals himself to you, I don't know about you, but whenever I have one of those aha moments with God, whenever I'm reading the Bible and all of a sudden the verse jumps out at me, when all of a sudden it's revealed to me truly who God is and I understand it, I comprehend it, there's something that comes over me and all I can describe it as is peace. is a sense, okay, this I know to be true. This I know is sure. This I can stand upon. This I know. Everything else around me may be changing, but I know, I know, I know that Jesus loves me, that he died on the cross for my sins, that he rose again, that I have an eternal heaven that I can look towards. I know I can stand on it. I can stand firm on it. And so while there's things going on around me that I don't understand, this I understand. And it lets me breathe. It lets me breathe. Gives me peace. Here's the significance of walking with the Spirit. Look at these two gifts. The significance of walking with the Spirit on these daily basis. You've got to understand these gifts are not just for these gatherings. They're not just for small groups. They're not just for discipleship groups. They're not just when you get together to pray with other people. They are for every day for these moments in our life. These moments in our life, these extraordinary moments that we want to have more and more. I don't know, but I don't know, when I was thinking about those good moments at the beginning of the sermon that was like forever ago, I remember those moments that we had in our life. I was thinking, man, I'd love to have some more of those. Huh? I'd love to have some more of those. And I believe that in every one of those moments, the spirit and the gifts were at work, working through people, church We need to be connected to the Holy Spirit. We need to be connected to Jesus as much as we possibly can because there are going to be moments in my life and moments in your life that God wants to use the gifts either through you or through somebody else. But that's only going to happen if we're in connection with Jesus. It's never been more important than to be connected with Jesus. Because I believe that God wants to give you more and more good moments in your life where you say, I know that God is real. I know that God spoke to me. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I know, I know, I know because of who he is. He wants those moments for you. He wants those moments for me. It takes us using the gifts that we have. It takes us asking for those we know may have those gifts. Would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you for the patience of of the church today, Lord God. I'm just, I'm excited about the gifts, Lord God, that you've given us, that you've given this church, Lord God. I'm excited about you, Lord God, invading people's lives and that that people would truly be coming alive and understanding who you are and who they are and how they're the gifting inside of them that you have put inside of them, the way that you have made them, Lord God, and how you want to use them, Lord God, to show, to show them, to show everybody else that you are real, that you are good. God, I pray that we would not hold back in using these gifts, that this is not about a competition, this is not about my gift is better than your gift, but that if we could all get together and use our gifts together, that we could see the fullness of Christ working through Bradford Community Church to see your name proclaimed. Father, I pray for Family Fun Fest. God, I pray for next week. God, I pray for there there will be moments 
that we use our gifts, Lord God, in order to be salt and light into our community. God, that it would not just be something that we do. It would not just be a a coincidence that we're there because we've been doing it for a few years, Lord God, but that we would have the opportunity to have moments in lives of other people so that we can bring this message that we hold so dear. So God, we pray for next pray for next Sunday, for Saturday and Sunday. We pray for good weather. God, we pray that you would provide, Lord God, for the things that we still need, for the people, for the, for the stuff that we need, Lord Jesus. But God, most of all, we pray that your spirit of God would go with us as we minister to those who will never, ever set foot in the door of a church, but we go to where they are. And we are Jesus to them. Spirit of God, go with us. Lead us and guide us. Help us not to be afraid of what to say. For in the moment, God will give us the words to say and the wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.